We are clear for takeoff. Houston. Houston. Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. Okay, we have a great big, 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 big show today. Ta da! Ta da! All the things. (laughs) Why not? Let's just go for it. Let's go. We have topics. Give it up. You know my body, son. <laughs> Quoting his son. That's Ratchet funny. and Woke Podcast. <laughs> like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Email us. Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com. Unlearn the world with me, as always, is the partner in crime, Lil MC. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that a pterodactyl? Yeah. No, pterodactyl. I can't do it. I have to be really uh, tired and like high to okay. get my pterodactyl voice on. Yeah, so maybe yeah, yeah. someday I'll capture okay. it for you guys. Uh, <laughs> let's get into it. We actually have a lot of topics. And yes, we right. haven't had a lot of time to talk because we've been interviewing so long these last few episodes. But yes, extensive interview. Shout out to the Block 105 and everybody listening there. Shout hey, out to everybody what's listening up, Block 105 Spotify. If you like our podcast, please share it with other people. Whether you listen to it on the Block or listen to it on Spotify. Like, if we make you giggle, we make you chuckle, just send it to somebody like, yo, I think you'll appreciate this and let's continue to grow and get these numbers up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because daddy needs a new don't, pair of shoes. We're not, we're not thirsty, though. Don't make it seem like we're thirst. We don't I'm just need saying, you. I'm just encouraging. We our... don't need anyone. We will pod to one person. We have to. I will not. <laughs> so <laughs> you never that. perform for one person. Never. Never like a one man show, but no. I, there was one time <laughs> I performed at Neck of the Woods, and I think Slice was the only person there at the time that I was performing. So we just did it as an extended rehearsal. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But if I go to a show and there's only one person in the audience, I don't perform. You could do like a sexy burlesque thing just for them, you know, like da da da. da. <laughs> okay, anyways, um, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So, lots of stuff happened. Plus, I'm gonna sprinkle it in with just some silly, silly little antics. Number one, how you know our friend Sarah Bear, aka Low Flower Nasty, put us on to this in her TikTok ravaging. That apparent, I think it's a TikTok thing, but. Apparently, the cops are just learning to play really popular music when people are filming them for doing egregious things. So she shared an article where a police officer who was standing guard at a protest started playing Taylor Swift music. And the idea was that if he plays Taylor Swift music in the middle of confronting protesters, the protesters won't be able to play it or put it on YouTube because of the copyright infringement. Or Instagram. Or Instagram. Right? Yeah. That is true. Yeah, totally. Which but is you could put it on Spotify. Devilishly crafty. <laughs> <laughs> that, yes. I mean, it's like diabolical. It is like, diabolical. <laughs> Evil. Yeah. But it's, it's also really specifically because Taylor Swift has like sued the shit out of people recently, right? To like get to like get back uh, ownership. Of I her. think she's trying to get back ownership, but I think she's also trying to re-record her entire old catalog, which is what a lot of artists have been doing over right? recently. Like they Cisco? Lost, like, yeah, they've lost stop. the rights to their their multi-platinum singles that were released 10, 20 some odd years ago. And they think that by re-recording it, 
they then retain ownership of it and that their fan base may be inclined to listen to but the it new version. Sound of it. The same at well, all. because people are 10, 20 years older yeah. and their voices change. Right. Right. So now you're trying to keep up this 20 year old energy and you're like a 55 year old. Like it doesn't, doesn't even sound the same. No, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes the, the instrumental isn't the same. It's like a completely refa- it's, it's like a, a it's like song. a karaoke version of your own song. Yes. That I don't think anybody really wants to listen to. Okay, right? well, speaking of karaoke, um, yes, you did I, karaoke in the in like the woods or whatever. <laughs> it was Sacramento, bro. Okay. <laughs> it was just at the Moose Lodge, which feels like the woods. But yes, it's called the Moose Lodge. It's amazing. I've yeah. gone to the Moose Lodge before and wrote a Yelp review because I was like, well, wait, I went up there and I was like, is this a lodge? And they're like, no. I was like, well, are there any moose here? <laughs> exactly. They're like, no. And I'm like, well, I'm writing a Yelp review, and then they removed it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, went to the Moose Lodge. It was very disappointing. It's not a lodge. There was a lo- you know, There wasn't a peace. lodge or a moose in sight. Yes, it's full of lies. Maybe it is a lodge. I don't know. But anyways, did I performed Alanis Morissette? And on nice. recanting this story to unlearn here, we were, and then you know we started singing a little bit of it. The song was ironic. And he revealed to me that he thought that the lyrics to the and you famous... Ought to, you, you, ought to, you ought to know. Oh, you're right. Song. You're right. You're right. You're right. Not you ironic. ought to know. Not ironic. Not ironic. <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was instead of the cross eyed bear that you gave to me. He thought it was cross eyed bear. He thought that, that Alanis's exes were given her, her some cross-eyed bears. cross-eyed bears. I thought like to me as a kid listening to it, it made perfect sense for her to be really pissed off at her ex-boyfriend for giving her a cross It's just funny because I feel like you wear hella crosses as a kid. You were like... Rep- no, not at yeah, all. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, what? No. <laughs> no, not at all. I was okay. like a fucking devout Muslim. Why am I wearing crosses I don't know. They have some kid. sort of emblem that they wear. Nah, not at all. No, like, I, I like just us. think... I thought people... I think a to this day, I still think people who wear the head of Jesus as a pendant is just... That's disturbing. Well, it's not the head. It's just where his body was rotting. No, no, not <laughs> not a cross. There are people who actually wear like the head of Jesus. It's, it's Jesus' head, right? It's like not his body. It's literally just his face oh my God. There's on ep- a fucking pendant with diamonds on it. And there- I always thought that was weird. <laughs> that is weird. There's an episode of Always Sunny in Philly where Mac and Charlie are arguing about if they want their bar to have Jesus memorabilia all over it. And Charlie's like, <laughs> no. And Mac's like, yes, it's an Irish Catholic bar. And they're arguing. He's like, fine, we'll put a cross, but not a bloody cross. And Mac's like, no, a very bloody, <laughs> very, very bloody, bloody cross. <laughs> it's like, who wants to look at that shit while you're drinking a beer? Um, Seriously. And moving forward, we're going we're gonna to squeeze everything in there. Oh, okay. For sure. <laughs> um, so Iggy Azalea has been on the news recently. Why is how's Iggy Azalea been on the news? Well, you're the one that informed me about this. Oh, because she has been con- uh, accused of blackfishing. Yes, blackfishing is is the new term for what Iggy Azalea has been doing, which is basically I've heard her best before, Cardi B though. impression ever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you look at her. She's I, I don't I don't know if she's actually Tanner or not. But just because her hair is dark. Well, yeah, I think to to try to shoot her some bail, I think she was going through a rebrand where she doesn't want to be the poppy looking white girl with blonde hair. Because in this current climate, no one wants to listen to a white female rapper. That's just the reality of it. Like no one wants to listen to the message or you. Right, but you're like you're 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 biracial, and I think that both of you, as a brand, as as artists, have a different narrative than what is being the cookie cutter like uh, 
box that they're pinning female MCs into. And in that box, I don't think anybody wants a white girl in that space. You mean in like the hypersexualized ratchet box? Yes. I just well, think that I, I don't go in that box. <laughs> but I just I just think that we're in a climate now where that is not kind of like what is desirable. I and think is, that Iggy Azalea, everything about her was very distasteful. Like the fact that she just like the way she spoke, like it's just like nothing about it seems. She's a she's a white girl all. from Australia. Yeah, so and, it was just off putting. And then at a certain point, people are like, well. I like the music she makes, so I'm just gonna. Well, she had like a it. number one record, and the the issue at hand was she was getting all these kind of accolades at a time where people just kind of it, it was distasteful. It was right around the time that Macklemore won the Grammy over yeah. Good Kid, Mad City. Like nobody wanted to hear this, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And then like there were articles that were being put out about Iggy Azalea, how like the queen of hip hop is a white girl from Australia. And that, that I mean, no like read the room. That. No one no, wants yeah. to hear that, right? T.I. So, like disowned her. Yeah, it was just like, it was, you know, so you know, she's talented and, and she had some level of success. And I think that this was a rebrand for her. And they, 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 they wanted to change at least her hair. But I think there were little tinges of trying to make her a little ethnic looking. And yeah. I think that that completely backfired. Right. I mean, it's interesting. And, and I, I'm sure when Iggy did it, she wasn't trying to do that. I don't know. Who knows? But it didn't look good. Yeah, it wasn't it, it wasn't a look. It's I mean, she, I mean when you look at the pictures of the video, the still frames that they showed, she tries. She's it looks like she's trying to look like Cardi B. Yeah. Like black jet black but hair. To be fair, the everyone's contour of the face, face looks like that now because everyone's getting the same plastic surgery. Everyone like Mia looks exactly like that. Nikki look. I mean, it's like everyone's face is like little pointy noses and like eyes, like with the cat. It's just everyone looks the same. But I agree, they made her hair hella black. It looks like her eyebrows are darker. Like, yeah, her skin is darker. Like it just looks like you know. It's just it's. It's a it's a departure from what we've seen of her of recent. Mm -hmm. Like we're not even talking about when she was hot. Like the few la the last few songs or videos she's dropped over the last two years have been her look has been significantly different than it is now. You know what I mean? And I just think that this was. I mean, she still gets like this was a rebrand going wrong. I just think you wrong. don't listen to her. Like I feel like, you know, because I listen to all like the ratchet female rappers. Like she she has songs with like Cash Doll. She has songs with. I go like I mean she gets songs. but I think I, I so and and this is a really good point that you stumbled on right a collaboration is not can amount to a cosign yeah I think that's I think in certain instances that I think people look at a collaboration like oh this artist really supports this other artist and a lot of the time it's not it's business yeah right like true. Iggy Azalea is signed to a major label regardless of anything She's also wealthy, right? She she got a lot of money from her last run. So she's not like she's hurting for money, right? So I think she has it in her budget to spend 40, 50,000 on a cash doll feature if that's how much it costs or whatever the case is. And she's going to spend it in order to give her whatever credibility she needs as an artist for people to tolerate her, right? Because I think that a lot of artists that are kind of of Iggy Azalea's ilk uh, have to be kind of greased into acceptance yeah right like g easy is extremely successful because he has a whole contingent of people who really fuck with g easy records but people who are more in tune with the culture or more homegrown bay area we can only tolerate him if we see him on a record with an e40 yeah or a kamaya true. or a whoever you know what i'm saying that's the only way we really tolerate him 
outside of that, we're uh, not. Yeah, I'm not, not really rushing to the to... store to buy a G Easy nah, record, right? But that doesn't mean that he's not successful. It, doesn't, but... it just means that, like, in certain circles, you need to be eased in. And hip hip hop is one of those genres of music where authenticity matters more than anything else. So you need somebody to kind of usher you into mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? So that's... I will also say on the topic of co-signing, because I feel like we had this conversation before. Yeah. Just because you, I'm friends with someone on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, does not mean I'm giving them a co. Exactly. That is not tantamount to a cosign either. I'm following them because their stupid, idiotic things are forms of entertainment for me. It does not believe that I support their beliefs in any way. Not all the time. You know, like a lot of my friends are my actual friends. But I'm just saying there's instances where I follow people. I don't agree with anything they say, but watching them fight on Facebook is very entertaining for me. So, of course, I'm going to follow them. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I use Facebook for. I don't use it. And then sometimes people bring things to my attention like, don't follow this person. They're like a rapist. Or when like, they ask oh, you, do I you know f- that? Or do you know this person? And because like, they see no. that you're a mutual. And a lot of time you click accept because you see that they're mutual That's friends. That's what with I people do all the time. And then I ask the fr- the mutual if they're friends with you or Sarah. I'm like, okay, I'll say yes. And then I ask you and Sarah, and like, oh, I don't know, yeah, I'm like, I don't know someone person, else doing. Yeah. It's like, so who is this person that's creeping into our inner circle slowly but surely? Because every it's it's like when you get tricked into doing a show. Because someone right, else right. said <laughs> they're leveraging all the other yeah, homies totally. that you have, and then that was a good segue into a, a conversation we were having with Sarah. Shout out to Sarah. We were having a conversation the other day about like what is what is the statute of limitations for you to follow or have somebody follow you on social media if you've had only one singular interaction with this person. But I don't. What do you it, mean? Well. It was it was something that I was thinking about in the conversation we were having, right? Because it's like social media is such that you 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 add people based on just your interaction with them. So you meet somebody at a show, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, what's your Instagram and like whatever. Yeah. And that's the one interaction you've ever had with this person. Now, does this do you feel comfortable with this person being able to look into your life for the next five six years? I mean, or I more? don't use <laughs> I use especially as a performer. Like mine is a professional account. So I want as many people's eyes on me as possible because I'm using it in a professional way. I'm, you know, like I'm promoting my music, all of the different things I do in hip hop education, art and all that stuff. So the more people, yes. Come, no, come one, yeah, yes, 100%. I'm just talking about you following them in exchange, right? You having oh. a conversation with the person, you following them, then following you. It's perfectly fine to let them follow you because of why you use your page. But are you really that interested in them in many cases? I mean, I don't, I follow a lot of people that I'm not interested in. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have the, I, I think don't we have all the energy do, right? to like, I know I always, I always hear people talking about like, um, how they unfriend people. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, like, dude, who, like, who has the time for that? Like to go, like you have to remember that person, go search through all your people and unfriend them. Like, I just don't care yeah. at all. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, do we have any other topics? We have a lot more topics, <laughs> okay. but we can get into this interview if you want. Okay. Um, well, let's try to get into one more topic. Okay. So, um, as you know that Bill Cosby has been released. Yes. And there's been a lot, a lot of conversation about it. And I really was so confused because I've seen certain people wearing like shirts like free Cosby and all this stuff. And I was like, why is this, you know, resurging? And I guess because, you know, that he's being released, a lot of people are trying to like support him again and want him his co-stars are saying that he you know should people should allow him to like uh sue for all of the royalties that he lost because Cosby's show was removed for so many networks so it's just been really interesting and then people are saying are like blaming the victim saying 
well, why would you go into a room with a man if, like, you didn't think anything sexual was going to happen? Like, I yeah, don't know. It brings just... up the entire debate of what people were having at the height of the Me Too movement and and Cosby's conviction. Yes. Right? It just brings up all of those arguments. I mean, I think if he was rightfully convicted for what he did, right, and there were other women who could not convict him because the statute of limitations had passed and they stepped up to support and to to bolster the argument that this man is a sexual predator i don't care if he sold me jello pops and he was america's dad for 20 years you're still a sexual predator and you use that wholesomeness to prey on women yeah i don't really care like like for me bill cosby's legacy in my life doesn't really hold that much weight yeah people I don't, are really i'm not gonna about my it. world is not gonna be shattered if I don't watch a Bill Cosby anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, it, for me, it's whatever. Like, I, I understand the racial dynamics that are at play. Yeah. The social dynamics mm -hmm. that are at play. There's a lot. But ultimately, I also believe men are men when they are allowed to be men. I and they will abuse their power. I think that many people have probably done this. You know, right. They will, they will totally the abuse their power and their fame and their influence to get what they want. And in this particular case, it was pussy. And that's what he wanted and that's what he got and it was unfortunate. And it was, it was, you know, it's, it's, he should be in jail. But I, I, and then other people's <laughs> arguments or, or claims are that like, well, Harvey Weinstein still, you know, has his movies out and he, you know, was far worse and, you know, so there are like racial dynamics as well. It's very, yeah, there, there's a lot of different intersections. So yeah, lots of craziness. Uh, interested to interested to see how it all unfolds but with that terrible news let's get into our joyful amazing interview with wonder dave yay in progress i'm trying to get my face in here let's go what's all up right. sir mr wonder dave hello it's I'm me supposed to give you a glorious intro i'm going to all right okay <laughs> Wonder oh. Dave is the whimsical, witty, wonderful, delightful, marvelous, and you sometimes have been called uh, the gay version of Jamie DeWolf. Maybe. <laughs> you all look like you have been trying to be twin, twinnies. Twinnies. Look at us go. You guys have been twinning. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I just, I grew facial hair and it turns out Jamie and I have the same facial hair. Uh, I don't think we chose that. I think that that's just a strange genetic accident. So. Now it's who wore best. Oh, no, you have to dye your beard and hair ginger for Halloween and then yeah. be Jamie DeWolf for Halloween. Like, guess who I am? <laughs> <laughs> so Beautiful. Lil MC was asking what's behind your curtains. Yes. Oh, my bad. That. <laughs> It's my bed. The bed of wonders. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there it is. That's back there. Yeah, I, uh, I've, I've got the whole curtain set up for for Zoom shows, and then it also the drop helps with sound. So, I dropped him for this. That's it. That's what's going on. It's like is this opposite of when you have you know curtains around your bed, or like you know how people used to have like those sexy lacy things coming around the bed it's like the opposite of that like mosquito nets yeah it's like malaria <laughs> nets sexy yeah, malaria exactly nets. malaria nets like in africa <laughs> in the Dominican republic but anyways for those that don't know who you are and who were not um you know filled in on who you are by my fairly vague introduction of you let the people know Sure. My name is Wonder Dave. I am a performer, primarily a stand-up comedian, although I have also done spoken word and burlesque, and I've had some writing stuff published in various newspapers and poetry anthologies and whatnot. Um, 
that's what that's that's who I am. I'm I'm an entertainer. That's what I like to do. Is your is... pen name Wonder Dave? Were you published as Wonder Dave? I am published and I am uh, saved in the Library of Congress as Wonder Dave. What? Yeah, that's great. Oh, that's it's yeah, it's a lot fancier than it sounds. Yeah, uh, happened. <laughs> uh, this one anthology of poets that I was in got uh, got marked as a book of merit of some sort. Uh, probably nothing to do with me. Because uh, the poem that's in it, I think, is um, the one where I do like a persona poem is Banicula, the one where I'm talking about rabbits taking over the world. Banicula, best <laughs> book ever. <laughs> I read yeah. it in like Lit Club when I was in third grade. It's horrible. Grade. I We had to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a whole, bunny. a whole thing. Yeah, so that's what's in there. I feel like in that same book is like, the guy who read the poem at Obama's first inauguration. So I'm sure that this preservation has nothing to do with me, but I am cataloged in the Library of Congress as Wonder Dave. So it's official now. Well, when you talk about it, you have to be like, it's in the Library of Congress specifically because of me. Because of me. Yeah, you have to be saying that. That's the talking point moving forward. And I have a question for you. Have you, of all these wonderful artistic endeavors that you pursue, and are talented in. Have you ever rap battled before? Because you do the dirty haiku, it's basically the same thing. I don't have very good rhythm, uh, which is why I don't rap battle. I think I would have a hard time staying on beat. Um, I, uh, I, the closest I've come to rapping is when I, when I used to do poetry slam stuff, they do this thing called the song lyric slam, um, where you just like would read songs as poems and one of my favorite things to do was little kim's uh uh how many licks and that was like the closest i think i ever got to rapping was reading that out loud uh because it's so fun shakespearean kind of way like when those uh, put the put the chain mail on and started reading roddy rich lyrics i know yeah that's that. definitely did people definitely take it that way with like hip-hop stuff um i i just went i was very perky uh, uh i thought it would be funny to do that as just a real perky song uh and just read it that way uh and i was right i, I stand by that choice um, also i love lil kim so you know that was He's fun the greatest were you wearing lil kim garb because i just bought my first lil oh, kim outfit and it's like her oscar one with her titty out oh so beautiful uh what a fashion beautiful. moment um right. no i wasn't for that particular show but I think it's fair to say that I, I have worn things that could be constituted as little Kim garb. Like I've, little Kim garb. I've definitely taken a picture like where I'm like squatted down, not wearing much in the way of pants, just kind of like ah, with my tongue out, like licking a oh, lollipop yeah. or something. That oh, feels. Yeah. You've got it. Makes sense. <laughs> so, okay, we see the curtain here. You've obviously been very busy still performing during quarantine, COVID, pandemic, whatever. Is, is life getting busier for you or were you busier when you were doing all these zoom performances um it's a it's a weird spot right now because like not all the in-person shows are back yet so i'm not as uh i'm not as booked as i want to be but like i'm still booked quite a bit so i i should not complain it's really that like in my mind if i'm not like on like minimum three shows a week i'm like but am i a person anymore does anyone even know i do art what's happening what am i relevant am i too old now and which is insane like three so shows a week is a lot i mean for comedy it's it's 
you can you can do it with it's a little easier with comedy i think than some other stuff but yeah also like a bunch of the shows that i do haven't come back yet as in-person shows so you know that's that's a, another separate issue like i could bang out i was doing three or four shows a month that i was involved in the production of and i haven't really brought mm -hmm. most of them back yet so we'll you see you help produce you're not just on stage so i think that yeah. because you're varying in those different roles like i just feel like if I were rapping three nights a week, people would not want to like come out and see me as much. Do you feel like that's the case? Is there like a saturation in the comedy world or not really? Um, people who go to see local comedy are generally not going to see you specifically. They're just audience members who are showing up at that venue or that show, um, which is just the case with comedy. It's why you can do it more mm -hmm. than, than other things. Um, you know, like I couldn't do three variety shows that I was co-hosting a week. That would be insane. But I can go pick up a, you know, a seven to 15 minute slot at three comedy shows a week pretty easily. So, oh, okay. you know, that's that's well, before before quarantine, I could or, you know, at least a couple. So um, but I, I would I wouldn't produce that many shows. Those are other people's shows. It also speaks to how busy people were before COVID, right? Especially entertainers who are like actively trying to pursue their craft and do their art. Like the fact that we were doing three, four shows a week at a certain point, um, and then it came to a screeching halt is very interesting. And then like now we're just getting back into it and we're just like, do I really want to do that many shows again? Like, you know, do you, do you feel the need to be as active as you were prior to COVID? Um, I would like to be uh, more, I don't know. <laughs> That's a terrible answer. Um, I, I like I like I like going out and doing shows pretty regularly. I, I think it, it it helps keeps me sane. I, it's honestly it's my favorite thing in the world. Like I don't like anything more than I like being on stage, uh, especially being on stage and making people laugh. Like the other parts of doing shows like producing and getting people there like that's the work right and but like the part where I get to be on stage that's like what I love like that's why I do all the other work like because if not what what's the point like that's the payoff that's what I want is you know it's better than drugs I'll go on record as saying that oh, wow and okay. I, I gotta know what have... your sign is now are you a Leo because Leo's love no okay I'm an Aquarius oh okay interesting yeah. i mean there's a there's a fair amount of aquarius performers so then okay let's let's talk about this i'm very interested in how stand-up comedy is very similar to for me at least when i like look at it it's very similar to rapping because there's like your, your setups and your punchlines and you're really feeding off the crowd and you might have to like pull an audible and not say a joke if you realize that the audience isn't receptive to some material like oh okay this is a conservative crowd so i'll get rid of all my trump jokes or whatever you know like do you feel like doing a full stand-up comedy set is you know in a lot of ways kind of similar to maybe throwing like a hip-hop performance yeah i mean i i think that like in some elements like all performance is kind of the same but i i think stand-up and hip-hop have a lot in common especially because they're so uh, they're so one, they're often very solo, uh, like it's you and a mic, right? And in the case of hip hop, you and a mic and a beat. Um, but that's that's not much more. I'm I'm not you know what I mean? Like it's it's not like you have added protection in some way because of the beat. Um and it is it is about writing and it is about craft and it's about honing your verse or your joke 
and putting it in the order that works the best. Because sometimes if, if you're doing a joke, and I assume this is the same if you're doing a verse, tell me if I'm wrong, you'll be like, you'll do it like one way and that doesn't work. But if you change the order of the words, it works like way better. It hits way harder. And it's, it's just, it's a lot of editing, I guess. And a lot of, uh, like you said, there is a lot of like on the fly stuff. Yeah. Beat drops, beat drops always, depending on what, where you drop out the beat mm -hmm. will change the way people receive your verse. I've literally done the same song in many multiple sets and then had a completely different reception to the song because there were certain parts of the beat that were cut out so that they could hear my lyrics a little bit more and that really changed the entire dynamic, right? So it's like a social experiment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we're all yeah, and souls in one way or another when it comes to stand yeah. hip hop. Yeah. And I don't. I mean, I know when you're doing like a, you know, when you're doing a, a, a performance, you probably put like your songs in a specific order, right? Because mm -hmm. you want you want the flow to be the correct way. And it's the same for stand up where like, this joke is like the opener, this joke is the closer, this is what I'm doing in the middle where I can get a little bit weird and like, stuff like that. So yeah, I would say that they are very similar art forms. Um, but I think all art is kind of similar. So that's fun. Yeah, but I also feel like I don't know. similarly, um, we had this conversation with another guest. We feel like a prerequisite to being a hip hop artist is you have to be kind of fucked up in some way. I feel like secretly all comedians are like really like they've been through some shit besides maybe like Jerry Seinfeld. And like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. who knows what happened to him? Probably something very bad. Um, <laughs> I He's been asking well for 40 He's years. repressed deeply. <laughs> He's doing a lot. Um, no, I think that uh, I think that that's that's true of a lot of artists. I also think it's because uh, I do a show called Mental Health Comedy Hour, so it's not a, a secret that I have some mental illness issues. I am very public about it. Um, uh, but and people oftentimes like to make the connection between like comedy and mental illness uh but like i think the reason that connection is there at least part of it is like yeah maybe it attracts people because we're like looking for a platform or a way to work some shit out mm -hmm. um but also like i think a, a part of the reason people associate stand-up comedy and even artists in general with mental illness is just because like part of our job as artists is to talk about what's going on with us like <laughs> Never once has a bank teller had to uh, disclose their social anxiety to me. Like, that's just not going to happen, right? Like, so it's it's a, a little of column A, a little of column B, probably. Like, it, we have very public professions, so you hear about the to give you this loan for $10,000, but I am having the worst Dude, I got to tell you what happened at the bank today. I went oh, there yes. today, and the bank teller was like, he lived at our apartment, and he was telling me how he had to move out and how he... He didn't have a parking space, so he copied and made a fake one, and his car got towed. He was giving it up to me. So bank tellers, I don't know, they unload every time I'm up there. I'm yeah. like, bro, just give me my money. <laughs> no, I had a bank teller uh, recognize me from a show, and that was kind of weird. That's dope. <laughs> like, does that give me extra money from this check? Like. Yeah, they're like, damn. They, it's like weird when you see people that see you at a show doing like normal day to day shit like because seeing your teacher at the supermarket yes or at the strip club or something you know oh my god there's an episode of different strokes there <laughs> like do you feel like people see you in the street and they you know can't imagine you because i don't know I'm, I'm sure some i know for a fact sometimes you dress up really extravagantly and then sometimes maybe you're just doing stand-up as wonder dave and sometimes people might see you on the street and not recognize you or recognize you and do they fan out have you ever had like a fan out moment 
Uh, people recognize me sometimes. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that I've had like huge fan out moments, but people recognize me like, oh, I really like your show. I think you're really funny, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's it's usually nice stuff. People generally don't say say mean things to me. So I don't know. It's it's usually a very pleasant interaction. Um, you know, uh, oftentimes it's been on public transit, which is a good way to remind yourself that this person is recognizing you, but you're also not famous because uh, you're on public transit. Like, so it's a, uh, it's like an ego boost and an ego lowering all in one. It's keeps like keeps the same train cars and fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man of the people. That's really. There you go. That's a good way of looking at it, though. <laughs> okay, so you do mental health stand up. What are some other shows that you have been curating or that you frequent? Give it up to the people. I'm very curious. Sure. Um, so there's Mental Health Comedy Hour, uh, which uh, is at MH Comedy Hour or look up Mental Health Comedy Hour on Facebook. Um, there's the Ruckus and Rumpus Revival, uh, formerly Tourette's Thought Regrets. Um, and then I do work as a commentator for Hood Slam Pro Wrestling, uh, which is super fun. I love doing it. Um, it's like a childhood dream come true. So that is great. Uh, usually I'm on that. They do a couple different shows for Hood Slam and they do one called Sexy Good Time Wrestle Show. And that is usually the one you can find me commentating on. But uh, I need I'm... to be there when you commentate that. Is it like um, mud wrestling or like oil wrestling? It's oh. really ratchet. <laughs> why are you not there why am i now just Yo, it's about insane this? it used to be my regular like Tourette's and then hood slam the next <laughs> yeah day. it was it was first thursday first court. friday at the metro for the longest time uh which is i mean how i got hooked up with hood slam is because we we had booked hood slam to perform with us at the metro and then um hood slam was kind of outgrowing its venue at that time which was their um it's their training space basically it's like the the you know, where they keep their ring and have everyone train and stuff. And they, they'd kind of gotten too big for it. Uh, so then they moved over to the Metro after they performed at, uh, at our show. And then we all ended up in one place as one happy family. And I ended up on commentary. Uh, so it was great. Is it back yet? That seems like the last thing to come back during COVID. <laughs> it is coming back on the first Friday in August, Hood Slam Returns. So I will be there. I will be doing commentary. So you can catch me on Friday, August 6th, I believe it is. Okay, we're going. Also, what if, can I audition? I feel like I've been boxing. I could do it. You feel it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wrestling is different from boxing. Yeah. <laughs> you will get body slams. <laughs> I can do it, right, Wonder Dave? I believe in you. I believe in you. (laughs) You can cut a promo and rap. It would be great. I mean, that's what John Cena did, and you're a better rapper than him, so you've already got that going for you. He's a better wrestler than me. (laughs) (laughs) It evens out. (laughs) Yep, yep. Uh, And what, like, tell us, what happened? Because we talked to Jamie a little bit about this, and you know what, I have to, like, say the juicy shit, you know? Gotta keep the listeners engaged here. What happened with the name Tourette's Without Regrets? Like, why? Why? Why did we have to change it? Okay, this is my understanding, and if you already talked to Jamie, trust what he has to say, uh, probably better than me. Um, I think that the name for some, like, one, you always want your show to grow, right? And Tourette's is a big show. Um, and I think the name was keeping us at a certain level. Like, we couldn't get booked on certain festivals and stuff, probably, because the name was confusing or people didn't like it or whatever. Um, and the show itself isn't the same show it was 10 years ago, like, when I started working on it, right? Like, it's a very different show now. And it's definitely a very different show from when Jamie started it. Uh, I, he probably doesn't like me saying this, but 20 years ago, uh, the show is 
over 20 years old now. What? Really? That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a 20, it started in, in Vallejo like 20 years ago. Um, oh, yeah. as this, I mean, it's still like crazy and messy. Uh, but I would say it is a bit more curated. Um, uh, perhaps a bit better organized than it once was. Um, it's been years since someone just threw a chair at Jamie's head and yelled Rep Berkeley. Um, why did they yell that? Nobody knows. Um, but boy, did they throw a chair at him and say that. So... Did it hit him? Yes! Oh, so maybe he dodged it. Is that why he's doing Krav Maga now so he can fight off chairs? I don't know. It's just not. So the show is a little bit more controlled. I think it allows us to pitch it a little more. We've done some music festivals and stuff. We had previously done some music festivals under the Ruckus and Rumpus name. Um, so it kind of lets us, not to get all boring brand talk on you, but it lets us unite under one brand name that we can kind of use everywhere. And that's uh, that's good for us. And, it, you know, some people were, uh, the reaction from people with Tourette's itself was mixed. Some people were like, it's fine, I don't care. Uh, or my favorite, uh, can I be on your show? To which the answer was generally yes. Uh, that was yeah. like, if there was a performer with Tourette's, he booked them. Yeah, yeah, they did, they did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And a bunch of people, you know, over the years who had Tourette's performed there. Um, but other people didn't like it. And, you know, it, it is weird that like no one involved, like people, this is one good reason I think it changed. People often thought it was like a fundraiser for people with Tourette's. <laughs> and I was like, I would like to get rid of that conception. Like yeah. that's actually not what the show is. And I don't want to piss off someone who thought that's what it was. Like, that's why they bought tickets. They're like, we're here supporting Tourette's. It's like, no, it's going to oh naked burlesque God. people and rappers. That's hilarious. Yep. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I'm glad to know that. Because what Jamie told us, like, didn't mention anything about people with well, Tourette's. To, one thing well, that, that, that wasn't the big part of it. Yeah, I don't know. What Dave touched on is that there were a lot of performers who you, you, who you guys was booking, if I understand, who had to be able to explain to their fan base what this event was. And yeah. It was never that a was... comfortable or easy explanation. So it was yeah. Yeah, it's a different show. I think it makes it easier to promote for sure. Um, you know, I suppose Jamie and I should get our asses together and have like an official press statement or something because I have been asked about yeah, this a lot. You got um, you got I mean, I, in Oakland, it's like so foundational. You to, oh, yeah, exactly. So I think, and I'm like, say, I forget that it's oh, like yeah. Ruckus Rumpus Revival. I sometimes I mix it up. I'm like, Revival of the Rumpus Ruckus, you know, but I'm I think I. I've already short, not unlike I shortened Tourette's without regrets to Tourette's, I have now just shortened it to Ruckus and Rumpus. The revival has been dropped in my mind uh, whenever I say it. I was like, three words. Ugh. I guess it's four because there's an like, I don't need but... my Ruckus or my Rumpus to be revived. No, They're it's fine. there. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's a, it's a very Jamie vibe for a name though. Right. Cause it's all that like old tent revival stuff, which is like the type of shit he likes to make, you know, kind of like poke fun at a little bit and, but also like bring that weird energy to things. It's I get I get why it's a really good name choice for him. So yeah, I mean, I as long as you guys get booked and are getting bigger, I mean, I'm happy to see it. I think that for me, what I I thought was that a bunch of hyper woke people that didn't have any contact with Tourette's community were the ones that were causing you to do the name change, and that was going to infuriate me. So I'm happy to know that you know there's other reasons, and you actually you know got feedback from people with Tourette's. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, it's fine. <laughs> like, it'll be fine. The show, no one knew what the hell the show was based on the old name. And guess what? You can't tell from the new name either. So it's going to be great. We're just going to figure it out. 
<laughs> what do we call it whenever we're talking about it? We're like an underground burlesque rap show. Yeah, that's accurate enough. And we're like, is, that doesn't that's... explain anything, really. Yeah. Now, it's Dave... as, as good a descriptor as anything, really. It's, yep. So, Dave, you, you, are you from the Bay Area, born and raised, or...? I'm not. I'm uh, from the woods. Um, and then when I was 18, I moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, where I lived for 10 years prior to moving to the Bay Area about 11 years ago. So, Tell me more about the woods. Yeah, what woods? Yeah. I'm from the woods, too. She's from uh, the woods, too. I, I don't want any part of the woods. And I'm, I'm a weird metal freak, and too. Steel all day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you say the woods, tell me, like, raised by uh, wolves log cabin what are we doing what are we um my parents own a, a bait and tackle shop they make fishing tackle that's like their job okay. um that's the family business um fun facts about me the 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 first house i lived in the house i was like born in i uh, had an outhouse that's just wow. a real thing right um moon on the door carved into the Probably. I could go look at it. What's funny is it's still there. Like I know that house has indoor plumbing and 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 did like, you know, I, I don't remember it only having an outhouse, but it, I am I am told that that was the case. And I and I've seen the outhouse. It's still at that old house. Um, So, you know, and I we would use the outhouse. That wasn't unusual. Like it was still there. No one was going to get rid of it. You know, it was a full second bathroom. Who wants to get rid of that? <laughs> I would rather just shit in the woods. And I had to do that recently because we were camping. But I mean, like, I don't need to. I'd rather just be out in the fresh air, you know? Oh, you don't want the sauna around you? No, no. I don't want my poop baking in there. But <laughs> like, we don't have to talk about that. Okay, when you say the woods, where specifically? Like, are you trying not to give it up like you're Ron Swanson in Parks and Rec? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have gold stashed in various locations and don't <laughs> want people to find it. Um, no, the, I was born in Illinois and then I moved around a whole bunch. I lived in a bunch of small towns in Wisconsin and Iowa, and then eventually, uh, Wisconsin again, uh, and then landed in Minnesota. So I, I'm always a little vague just cause I moved so much that it's mm -hmm. hard to you actually say, say. I just say the woods. Yeah. Although there was a weird blip in sixth grade where I lived in a uh, Joliet, Illinois, which is like a, a suburb of Chicago kind of, um, it's industry is a prison. Uh, so that's it. That's why it's there. It's because there's a prison and they need people to work at it. Um, it's also the home of uh, the the hometown of the guy the movie Rudy is about and the first lady to win America's Next Top Model. So there we go. Wow, a lot of famous things came out of there. So yeah. you, were, you were just born for greatness. I know. Or, you know, moved there. And ask your question well no i was just gonna ask uh, so then how long have you been in the bay area doing art and doing com comedy and all of those things i i moved here in late i've been here about 11 years oh okay cool all right cool yeah but you came when did you start doing comedy doing theater doing like what made you interested oh, in all of that if you're i was doing that stuff back in minneapolis too um i knew jamie through poetry slam stuff before i moved to the bay like we had a lot of mutual friends and stuff like that um so when i got out here I was probably out here for like the six or seven months before I started going to Tourette's. And I think uh, I did the slam once and then I ended up being the dirty haiku champion for like four months. I didn't have a very long run. That's what I remember. Um, That's not I was, a long run. Yeah. Uh, not like it's, a, it's okay. Like it's better than a lot of people do, but like, I know Alex love was like 18 months. Irene too was like 19 months. Caitlin Gill was 12 months. So there are definitely people oh, who yeah, I think shit all over. Okay. You're right. Yeah, no, yeah. No, no. Like it's, it's still good. Nothing. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, 
I, I ask all this to, to, to ask, what have you seen in terms of the artist community, in terms of its evolution, right? Like, you, you've been in the Bay Area for the last 10, 11 years. You've been doing comedy and stand-up for, you know, well beyond that. What have you seen in terms of the transition? Like, we, we, we deal with cancel culture. We're dealing with political correctness. Like, what have... If from your own experience, what have you seen? How have you altered your brand of comedy uh, to to keep up with kind of like the social temperature? Uh, um, I feel like I was really lucky that I did like slam poetry and spoken word before I did stand up uh, because I like the issues that were being talked about in slam poetry in like the early 2000s were like the things that are being talked about like now by the rest of the culture, right? Like the way slam poets were talking about race, the way slam poets were talking about like rape culture, all that stuff came before I saw it happening in other places, right? Mm. Um, so I, I was really fortunate, uh, especially as like a white guy who's prone to being a little shitty because uh, all comedians are prone to being a little shitty. Um, uh, I was very fortunate that I sort of had that education around those types of issues before I was really pursuing comedy. So I, I didn't have to change much. A bunch of people worked hard to make me less of a piece of shit. Uh, and so by the time I got to comedy, yeah, I was like, oh, oh, I don't, I don't have to be a piece of shit. I can just stay in my own lane. Great. I'll do that. Like, what do you feel about cancel culture though? Like, do you feel like it's necessary? It's there for a reason? Do you think it ruins the art of comedy? Um, I don't know. I mostly think cancel culture is like overhyped, right? Like, cause people were like, Dave Chappelle's been canceled. And I was like, or did he make millions of dollars doing two specials on Netflix? Like, what are you trying to tell me? Cause it feels like one of those things definitely happened. And then people got a little mad about some stuff he said, and he still had a buckets of money, right? Like, right. still got specials, was fine. And maybe he lost some fans or whatever, but you know, okay, that's gonna happen. Like, I, I, I feel like the dangers of cancel culture are massively overblown. I get when people say that they're like, a little afraid to take risks or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I don't know. But I think that's like what open mics are for and stuff like that. <laughs> like, you know, low stakes places where you're probably not being recorded and like you can get feedback from others. Like that's, you know, that's that like, I don't know. Um, also, maybe some of the caution is good. Like there are definitely takes that I'm like, I'm like, you don't, you don't need to do that. You don't need to. <laughs> like you're not you're not good enough at comedy to try and make jokes about that. So start up. somewhere else and then build up to it. Yeah. Like, you know, I can't fly into flying. Yeah. Right. Like it's, you know, like you might, you might want to take the training wheels off before you decide to learn to pop a wheelie is all I'm saying. Like, I'm scared. I, I was thinking about doing stand up, but now I'm like, yo, I'm going to insult like everyone. I'd be what? I think you'd be great at stand up. <laughs> If you could make it about the material and not like an individual in the crowd. <laughs> I'm going to rap battle everyone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of transferable skills, right? Like, you know, I think that about all art, though. Again, like, I think I think art is is uh, very similar. I think there's things I, I learned, like, doing burlesque that I, like, just learned about the way my body moves that I can use in stand-up and, like, mm. all that stuff. And, like, how you present yourself on stage is, like, mm. super important at burlesque and, like, 
Um, I actually, I would say that the things I think, I think burlesque and wrestling are super similar in the way that like, uh, stand up and rap are super similar. Like, I think they all have things in common, but like those two art forms are both like so performative and so about your body and so about the way you're moving and so about like this big entrance and these reveals and like, uh, you know, what like, kind of story. Right. Or is all yeah. Like pro wrestling, not yeah. Okay. Pro wrestling pro wrestling it's it's not fake it's predetermined uh those are different okay there's no wrestling league where people are actually just wrestling like really going at it is yeah there, there is, is like the olympics yeah there's, there's like... olympic wrestling, oh, olympic wrestling. Yeah. but that's pretty boring yeah. it is <laughs> greco-roman wrestling yeah it's grappling you know and there's and there's certainly elements of that and people who go from that into pro wrestling so you know quite famously like Kurt Angle was an Olympic gold medalist wrestler and one of the most famous <laughs> WWE superstars of all time so good for him wrestling is so weird to me like it's so fascinating and interesting I quietly judge people who watch wrestling past yeah but point. I'm going to hood <laughs> slam and it's gonna be a great time <laughs> if you're commentating like yeah I'm gonna be good okay before we leave we got to get something really juicy what's one thing that you feel comfortable saying that you made a joke about that people were not feeling and that you got booed off the stage for have you ever been booed off the stage i've never been booed off the stage um i was trying to do a joke where and this is this goes about i think you can say anything in comedy if you can like make it work i had a joke where i dropped the c-bomb in it um just Yes, it's. I I think everyone knows when I say the C bomb, yeah. what would I mean, right? I yeah, like that's when fair. people say it. I feel like I think it's fun. I think it's a fun yeah. word, and the joke worked, but the and it and it wouldn't have worked without saying it, but it didn't work well enough for me to want to keep working on the joke because I felt like I had just dug myself into a hole by saying it that I needed to dig myself into to get to the point I was making, but it just was like, Ugh, now I have to recover from this, and it's so much work. And the amount of time I would have had to spend, like, getting that joke to a place where, like, the recovery was easy and whatnot, I was just like, this is actually not worth it. But that's what open mics are for. You figure that out. You figure out it's not worth it. I love fucking open mics. We gotta go to more. It's like, you go there and people are just fucked up and saying whatever the fuck. It's like therapy for them. And you're just witnessing It's like them. group therapy with an entertainment. Yeah. I love it. Let's go. I mean, it's fun. Uh, therapy is therapy, and open mics uh, are sometimes used by people as therapy who need also therapy. So <laughs> just a thing I like to put out there into the world. Uh, <laughs> it's not successful or effective therapy. Truer words have never been said. <laughs> this is true. Please shout out all your um your your social medias where people can find you. All of those things, please. Oh man, I have so much. Um. Uh, if you look up Wonder Dave, I'm probably the first thing to come up. My website's wonderdave.org, uh, like an organization or an orgy, whatever. Um, <laughs> I am at Team Wonder Dave, T-E-A-M Wonder Dave on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and uh, I never do anything on TikTok, but I am at Wonder Dave there. So maybe someday I'll do something on TikTok. You got to. I feel like you uh, kill it on TikTok. Thank you. Thank you. challenges to trap yeah. music. Yeah. Oh, doing it. oh my God. Will um, you do a TikTok dance performance to one of my ratchet songs yeah sure that sounds fun i'll do that hey, i i gotta have go. content eventually i guess yeah great you know what you should um, also be on my truth or dare someday i i would ask jamie but i feel like he'd be too scared i feel like you're brave enough no i i like that you assessed that i'm braver than jamie uh 
because it's true. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, you can look up Mental Health Comedy Hour. That's MH Comedy Hour on uh, Instagram and Twitter as well, and Mental Health Comedy Hour on Facebook. Uh, the Ruckus and Rumpus Revival, uh, Hood Slam. Um, Nerd Rage, The Great Debates is a podcast that I co-produce and often am on slash sometimes host. It's nerdragepodcast.com or just look up Nerd Rage, The Great Debates wherever you find podcasts. Wow. Wonderful. You do a lot. Speaking of podcasts, this is the end of this one. <laughs> Ratchet and Woke Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Email us questions, comments, topics, all kinds of stuff. Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com. Unlearn the world. Lil MC. The very mighty, mighty Wonder Day. We thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Um, yeah. And we will talk to you all soon. Over Peace. Now. When I was young, I prayed God make me pretty Now I know that's something that the devil would give me Like an overnight celebrity, I wasn't expecting the attention Like everyone up in my mansions, sexual tension I was only 14, these dogs started sniffing like I was in heat On God, I was blind to the bullshit Had the devil on my side with a full clip, brah now, now, now these cats I never knew Pressing me to try shit I would never do Thought my friends were out waiting But they were clout chasing So much for putting pussy on a pedestal Crying won't help Caked up and make up to hide from yourself Who cares that you appear? You can't look in the mirror Cause you can't stand to see the damn side of yourself Like, okay I reloaded See the truth now, matrix decoded Ink blocks exploding I really don't know if you're ready for my Rorschach test Watch men commit crimes Bitches conditioned not to confess that they repress it And convince them that it's fine, looking back at it I can't sweat myself, couldn't accept what happened Till I expressed myself, finally met myself Once I let myself explore caverns of my mind I was born to excavated bodies I left rotten for the coroner History repeats if we ignore historians So I went back in time, boarded the DeLorean Defeated all my demons to come back victorious To do that I had to sacrifice an Iron Man Lose a black widow to save a spider I've been up, I've been down My whole life been streaked by violence When the dark comes around Screams and sirens till I'm numb to the sound. I won't let that fear define me. How about you? How about you? I've been on a quest to find the truth. Find the truth. If it's all a test, how'd I do? That the weak would feed on Now I rap that shit I was afraid to speak on See me crying, I don't need a reason Each tear represents every loss I've grieved on uh, Quit bending the facts Keep it 100 off bending, no caps Still win the race with the wind in my face Cause I've never been trained with the wind at my back like that Feel the pressure, how you expect her To know what's wrong when everything's centered Role models are vogue models who can correct her The gods in our circle, who's our protector? Condemn her, not the aggressor No wonder why a bitch keep losing her temper Blaming on the hormones and PMS Since the man we elected reflects our perspective My whole life I've been an addict So now, now, now I'm trying to break the habit If you see me acting bitchy at the bar It's cause I'm living with the static Of demons and my angels are so born
influence on my brain So recognize my drug of choice It's not cannabis Some manic shit Gonna be a tragic end I ain't tryna go out like the monogues and capulets Waistline's getting slimmer How they ass is getting larger Only my pockets getting thicker My skin already thicker than armor Never press charges. I knew we couldn't grow into a man without a father. I've been up, I've been down. My whole life been streaked by violence. When the dark comes around, I can hear the screams and sirens. Till I'm numb to the sound, I won't let that fear define me. How about you? How about you? I've been on a quest to find the truth. If it's all a test, how'd I do?
flashback to 1998. Marlon? 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 No Walkmans in class. But I was listening to Wu-Tang. Let me guess, rap music. No doubt, I could listen to rap all day. Can you rap? Can I rap? Can Jordan fly? Can the sun shine? Of course I can, no doubt. No doubt. 